International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. Some of these things, we're trying to figure out how God works everything out. Can you just be patient with the fact that He's bigger and inexplicable and better than you are, and all we need to do is obey Him? Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today, we continue our study in the book of Esther with a lesson titled, God's Sovereignty and Human Responsibility. We are in Esther chapter five, as we see Esther who has asked all her people to fast and pray for her as she goes to petition the king, knowing that she is risking her life by coming into the king's presence without first being summoned by the king. That was a huge risk in those ancient days. But Esther was all in for her people, and she was willing to risk even death. What will happen to Esther? Let's listen. Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Esther, chapter 5. Esther, chapter 5. So going through the story of the life of Esther, Esther, chapter 5. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. And it was so that when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I have prepared for him. And the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy, what is thy petition? 
and it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom, and it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it be pleased the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king hath said. Then went Haman forth that day, joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself. And when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. Then Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then said Zeresh, the wife, his wife, and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of fifty cubits high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will help us to see how you expect us to respond. Lord, I pray that as we look at Scripture and we see these principles that are so clear in Scripture, that we won't get caught up in trying to overthink what plainly you tell us to do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a young man by the name of William Carey. God laid in late... 1700s, the burden of India, the worldwide missions upon his heart. William Carey um, was speaking to a group of Baptist preachers in England. And if you understand at the time, um, the Baptist church that was born out of the Reformation in England, and there, was, there, were, there were Baptist churches that were born out of the Reformation in England. There's a history that's separate from the Reformation, but there were those that were born out of the Reformation. And, and it was divided into two groups. There were the general Baptists and the particular Baptists. Now, I don't, you say there were divisions among the Baptists back in those days? Yeah, there were. There were divisions among the Baptists. And uh, the divisions were, were basically this. It was the, it was the division between uh, those who believed in a general call and a particular call to salvation. It was basically a Calvinistic and Arminianist, Arminian group. You know, you had the, the two different groups of Baptists. And by the way, when the, when the Baptists came to the United States, you still had that same type of division even in the United States. The, the Baptists that settled in New England were more of the particular Baptists. The Baptists that settled in the South were more of the general Baptists. And, uh, and so you had those, those kind of groups that existed even in the United States. As William Carey began studying, he, had, he was a very well-learned young man, and he, he had a, a burden. Uh, well, he had an interest in things like botany and science and all of that. He was, his parents were teachers, and and he was, he was very bright. He also was interested in geography, especially it was at the time when the um, British Empire was expanding at an incredible rate all around the world. And so as he began studying these nations that soldiers were bringing back information about throughout the world, he began to, to be burdened for lost people around the world. He began to see nations as numbers of thousands and 
hundreds of thousands of lost people. And he, he got this, this vision, this, this sort of great vision. In fact, in his presentation that he made to a group of, of Baptist preachers, he had said this thing. He said that we need to expect th- great things from God and we need to attempt great things for God. Now, it, it is interesting because Carey's group was the particular Baptists. They were the more Calvinistic group. And yet this, this sort of saying This statement that really ignited the fires of the modern missionary movement. And folks, millions upon millions of people have been saved in the modern missionary movement that really was, we can look back at Carey as the one that really ignited the modern missionary movement. But here's what Carey got a grip on, and, and it really is a biblical balance, and that is the relationship between human responsibility and divine sovereignty. Do you notice even in this particular statement, the relationship between divine sovereignty, expect great things from God, and human responsibility, attempt great great things for God. In fact, we see this balance in Scripture over and over in Scripture. I, being in in the way, the Lord led me. You're in the way, the Lord leads you. In fact, the theme for our campaign, if... If the Lord doesn't build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Isn't that interesting? The laborers are laboring, but the Lord is the one that's building. And so you have this biblical relationship between the two. Now, when Carey was, was delivering this impassioned speech, and later he wrote a paper about the responsibility of, of God's people to use what he called means, that is tactics, plans, effort, activity to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that seemed like a strange thing to people. The idea that churches would actually make a plan to send out missionaries and find a way to finance those missionaries, that was a strange thing. He was trying to convince churches to use means, tactics, plans to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, well, why would that be so strange? Because folks had gotten into their mind that the work of evangelism was so much all God's work that there was no obedience on our part. And that's a problem. In fact, as, as Kerry was delivering the message, there was a man that told him, and this is exactly, this is the, historically at least what the quote was, young man, sit down, you're an enthusiast. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he'll do it without consulting you or me. Now, interestingly enough, that same pastor later became one of Carey's greatest supporters on the field. But that was the prevailing, that was the sort of prevailing responsibility. Listen, God's in charge of everything. God can do everything. Um, God is sovereign, and it becomes sort of a fatalistic thing. God is sovereign, and so He can do whatever, what you know, whatever He will do. Dr. Shaw will be back with more on the balance between God's sovereignty and human responsibility, which is the name of our message today. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study in the book of Esther. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. 
Now here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery discipleship ministry going on at Northwest. It's called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw, and please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church at nwvbc.org or call 623-581-3115 for more details about the Addiction Recovery Discipleship Ministry called Freedom That Lasts. Now let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he answers the question that someone once asked him with regard to God's sovereignty. Are you a Calvinist, Dr. Shaw? Here's our teacher. People ask me, I, I, I always hate it when folks ask me that question. Well, are you a Calvinist? Well, you know, that's, uh, first of all, um, that kind of question is, um, everybody has their own definition of the, you know, what, what people are talking about. I, and I, I, I hate to even answer the question. I, I try to answer it on people's terms. Here's, here's what I believe. I believe that we should do exactly what God tells us to do in the Bible and believe that God will bless, and it's absolutely essential for God to bless. I believe, for instance, that no one gets saved unless the Holy Spirit draws them. But the Bible also says, quench not the Spirit. And I assume if the Bible tells me not to quench the Spirit, that it's possible for me to quench the Spirit. And so there is what, what we have to be careful to do is not step back from our responsibilities and yet give God the glory for doing all that he does so sovereignly behind the scenes. And the amazing thing is that in the book of Esther, we see such a tremendous example of this. This touches every area of our lives. It touches, it touches areas of soul winning, for instance. Uh, you know, Ron is giving this testimony. Praise the Lord. Ron and Noni, Noni are willing to go over to this house. But you know when they got to that house? They hadn't prepared that man's heart. They hadn't put him in that position, being ready to receive. They weren't the ones that drew his Holy Spirit, that weren't the Holy Spirit that drew his spirit into a place of salvation. And they certainly weren't the ones that transformed him. God did all of that. They just obeyed. And, and that's the wonderful relationship that we have in this process. And so I want you to see a little bit about this as we compare the idea of I being in the way the Lord laid me, except the, um, except the Lord build the house, the laborers, they labor in vain that build it. Notice some things about human responsibility first as we take a look at Esther chapter 5. Now you remember, as we come to Esther, there has, Mordecai had refused to bow down to Haman. Haman got angry, hatched a plot in order to wipe out all of the Jews. Got the king, Xerxes, it's Hezuerus here, but it was Xerxes, got him to sign it. The day is set in which the people, it's already financed, in which the people throughout the nation will turn upon the Jews and there will be a, an act of genocide that occurs throughout all the land of Persia against the children of Israel. It's incredible. 
horrible particular you know, thing that is going on. And we know that God placed Esther in the position of being queen in the land of Persia, and no one knows, including Haman. It's very important for us to understand in this story at this point. No one knows, including Haman, that she's actually a Jewess. And she is placed in the position of being queen. Now Mordecai has spoken with Esther and said, listen, God's placed you here for such a time as this. If you refuse to allow God to use you to be the, the means by which He delivers His people, then God will have to be de- delivered by some other means. And we talked about the idea of understanding you, know, you being placed in this place at this time for this moment. Again, I th- I'm thinking about Ron's testimony. This, this woman comes and says, Will you talk to my father? Someone talks to him, them about talking to this. God put them in that place at that moment for that purpose. So you have that divine sovereignty in which God placed Esther where she was. And then we see divine sovereignty in other things that have been happening in the story throughout. Early in the reign of Esther, Mordecai had found out there was a a plot against the king's life. He told Esther, Esther told the king, the plot was found out, the uh, the this conspirators were caught and dealt with. It was recorded in the king's book, and nobody thought anything else about it. And so Mordecai was forgotten. But even, even it was God that caused whoever was in charge to forget about a reward to Mordecai. You say, well, why would God want His people not to be recognized? Because God wants them to be recognized at a particular time, in a particular place. And so God uses that forgetfulness to pro- provide a, a means of deliverance later on. Here's what we know about human, human responsibility. Human responsibility is obedient to God. If we start getting into the details of Scripture, we say, well, you know, God does all this, and God does all that, and, and God does all these things. We have a great God. He is fantastic. He is sovereign. Nothing happens uh, uh, that doesn't happen according to His will. He always accomplishes His will. We know all of those things, and yet He has given us specific commands. We have a responsibility to obey those commands, and there are consequences for disobedience. So, what does God demand? Well, he demands us to act. There, there are times when God demands us to act. In this particular case, in Esther chapter 6, God, through the circumstances of placing Esther where she was, through the counsel of her uncle Mordecai, put her in a position where obedience meant that she had to approach the king, she had to risk her life for the sake of saving her countrymen. And so God demands action. In this particular case, she makes the plan to action. But, you know, there was action taking place already. There was a three-day fast. People, uh, the, the Jews across the nation were fasting, and they're praying for Esther. All of that's focused. We talked about that before. And so they're focused, and they're praying or seeking God's face. It's interesting. I just heard somebody say, not long ago, was asking about um, prayer. You know, if, if God is sovereign then why do Christians pray? And, you know, it's in, and some folks have had all these explanations. Well, it draws us closer to God and all of these things. James answered the, prayer, the answer to that. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's my answer to that question. Why do Christians pray? God commands us to, and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, answer the questions about Scripture with Scripture. And so these people were praying. 
we could go back and forth with this. I, I divided this message up into human responsibility, you know, God's sovereignty and human responsibility and how we see, you know, both sides of this. And the more I go through the story, the more I find it. You know, it's just, it's like you just keep peeling it back and, and you see it over and over again. God demands action and so they're acting. They've been praying, they've been fasting, they've been seeking God's face. They're doing that with a certain expectation that God is going to respond, that God is going to do something. You say, but God knew from eternity past into eternity future everything that was going to happen and how it was all going to work and how everybody was going to respond. Yes. Yes, God knew all of those things. So prayer doesn't really change anything. Wait, wait a second. One of our problems is this. We think chronologically. Now, I don't mean to get too philosophical here, okay? But we think everything is in time. This happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. But remember, we are creatures that are bound by time, and God is not. And the only way I can kind of explain this to you is explain it in time terms. Did you know that God can answer a prayer that you pray before you pray it because He knew you would? Well, does that mean that your prayer had no impact? Absolutely not. But it didn't happen before He answered. Well, with God, He knew you would. God's not bound by time. So forget about it and just obey. You say, but I'm, but I'm trying to figure it out. If you try to figure it all out, it'll just turn your brain to smoke. It'll just turn it to mush. We can't figure everything out, and it's crazy to think that we can. It would be far better to simply trust in God's sovereign control over all things, including the details of our own lives. Stay tuned. Dr. Shaw will be back with a closing encouragement for us in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. You can visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Give us a call at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623-581-3115 today. 
Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same station. And you're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning service at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Please join us next time as we continue our study in the book of Esther. Now here's Dr. Shaw with a closing, encouraging thought about God and His sovereign control. We'll see you next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. Some of these things, we're trying to figure out how God works everything out. Can you just be patient with the fact that He's bigger and inexplicable and better than you are? And all we need to do is obey Him.